that needs to be stamped out. Like, those people need to be destroyed. I am not God. Some people are planets. The Social Psycho Confabulation with Ben and Mr. A. So I was thinking about narrative and history. Uh, and so we have a history, you know, like a country has a history. The state has a history. We have a world history. We have histories for everything. Um, this is already basically the context of which I was thinking. When it happened. Oh, okay. So yeah, you're going down the right pathways. And something I was thinking is... Well, any narrative is kind of already inconceivable. Like, because if you just think about any moment in time, I was kind of thinking everything is sort of going on all the time, all at once. Like that movie. Yeah, like that movie. Exactly. I haven't seen that movie, though, but I want to. But, uh, yeah, it's like that movie, and it's very intense. And even if you were to just, like try to capture what's going on right in this moment you could write tomes it would Tome. fill libraries you would never be able to capture it all you know like the depth yeah. of what's going on all of the various facts and different perspectives and different ideas that are being enacted and thought about and debated but you are like your mind is decoding some semblance of something like you know like you're in it mm. you know and mm -hmm. experiencing like you're having a full fledged experience of whatever all that stuff is somehow yeah you're having an experience of it um and the point i was making is like so if you can't even consolidate one moment in time how is it possible that we could consolidate a history which is like spans many years maybe or many centuries it's like this is the story and it's like how could that be the story there's a million bajillion things you left out you know and so yeah. i was thinking there's something interesting about that it's like the stories could just be like little tales we tell ourselves or maybe it's like we don't really understand what stories are like we interpret them very literally like as if they're communicating something about like what happened and like so we interpret them very deterministically like causalistically like this is what happened and this is why things are the way they are today but maybe they're more like archetypal like stories really communicate the memes of life or something like this but is by the, the very but, but that's because of the very nature of reality like because it mm. could never do you could never do anything except for that even if you were not even trying to do that you know it's like you know does that there's something a little bit there like i think that's the kind of part where i got to it's like and i think great thinkers get to this point where it's like you start this is like what young thought ding 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 um <laughs> <laughs> Bingo! No. Yeah. <laughs> he thought that, like, people were enacting ideas and, like, personality was just the manifestation of different ideas within people. But the ideas had a transcendent quality. Like, they existed beyond time, kind of like memes that people embodied. And you didn't, you didn't even have to become aware of them to enact them. 
And it's like, you are not choosing, you know, what to enact. It's like the ideas almost have you. And these are the things that go throughout reality and time. And it's like the stories are kind of like communicating the structure of those archetypes and ideas. But it's not literal. It's like they have a character. Like you can't specify what they literally look like because one, it would be too difficult, but also it like changes over time and place and space. And so it wouldn't apply today, like the way that this archetype is going to, you know, manifest itself looks different today than it looked a hundred or a thousand or 2000 years ago. Um, but yeah, I was thinking there's something interesting there. Like stories are kind of communicating these archetypes and they're also communicating a perceptual mode. It's not like they're communicating a history. Like you can't have a complete history of facts because there's an unlimited number of facts about the world. And so you only ever get a tiny sliver in a story and it's almost like instead they're communicating like a mode of perception because they communicate a character and an ethic. Yeah. And an ethic is like a way of seeing the world. If you think about like you have goals and your goals tint your perceptions because all of your perceptions are what's relevant to your goals. Like you perceive things that are relevant to your survival and maintenance of your life and whatnot. And so you have some underlying implicit ethic, which is just to say you have underlying goals that shade your perceptions and the stories kind of inculcate that like they kind of communicate that ethic to you and that's a really weird interesting kind of thing i was thinking about but it's weird too because like what is it even communicating like is it even communicating anything itself or is like a lot of that must because it just must be inside of us already which maybe is where the archetype and the subconscious yeah. the subconscious kind of ideas come from because it's entirely possible that, like, say you're reading something, whatever. Like, a, it could be a story or a history, which is a story, by the way. Literally, in French, the word history is histoire, and it literally means story. So, but they also say history. They, it's the same word, but it, you know what I mean? It's closely connected it's just a hist- it's just a story the story well, what's, what's like the story story <laughs> yeah history, well, yeah. We, that's what we, we've like done that but give me a break but uh <clears throat> yeah so because it because part of the whole thing here is you could be even the person capturing it let alone the person reading it could be i mean it's not possible to say 100 percent because there's something there but it could be basically completely wrong and totally unhelpful and not, you know what I mean? It could, like you said, there's a million facts, uh, there's infinity facts of any yeah. thing. So whatever you're reading is just like, it's almost nothing, you know, yeah, or, I think, or it could be totally something like, right. could be, how would you, I think one good measure is like how long it's been preserved. Like, because that means that multiple generations have passed where something about the story has compelled people enough to preserve it, to think it's worth preserving. And so I think that's like one good way to think about it. It's like the most fundamental, maybe the most true things we have are the oldest things because those are the things that have been preserved for a long time, meaning like people were compelled to preserve them for some reason, known or unknown, which is why I think the Bible is interesting and other religious texts are interesting for that reason. It's not like woo woo. I mean, maybe it is, but it's also like 
there's something about this, you know, it's kind of like the DNA thing, those recent studies they've done on DNA repair, like the DNA that's most likely to get repaired when mutated is the oldest DNA in your genome. And so there's something about like, you can have mutations. It knows knows the most, it's the wisest DNA. Something, yeah. It's like (laughs) something about the structure. It's like the more fundamental it is or old, the like more likely it is to be preserved. Does it mean like old as in like old inside of you or old as in it's been around in the evolutionary chain the longest, I wonder? Yeah. Or probably both. Yeah, Um, maybe both, but definitely the evolutionary chain. Oh, okay. um, so like, you know, new adaptations or whatever, or traits that emerged in humans relatively recently, those are more likely to be mutations to be allowed in versus something that you've had for a very, very long time. Like if you think about our mitochondria, like you might be built, you might like end up with a funny looking thumb, but like, you're probably not going to be born without skin. Right. Yeah. Like exactly. skin, like something holding all your shit inside <laughs> is pretty fundamental. <laughs> yes. So there's something, yeah, very interesting about that. And I was thinking too, you said this part about there's like something there, like there has to be something in you already. And I was thinking two things. Young was calling this ding, ding, ding. Um, (laughs) I already have that square. (laughs) (laughs) The collective unconscious. Um, So he said there's like some sort of something that people share that they're not aware of, but it's it's the reason we can recognize the emotions of other people. It's the reason we all share basic instincts. It's it's the reason we're able to communicate and understand each other. There's something in our unconscious that we're not aware of that's a part of us that we all is common to human people and allows us to communicate. And then the other thing I was thinking is... Um, what was I going to say? The collective unconscious. There was something else, but I forgot. You were saying, we were talking about the something's already inside of us that's able to like, oh, interpret. Yes, and Plato's implicit ideal. That's the other thing that's really interesting. So the fact that we are all able to judge and criticize our environment and our world and other people without necessarily being given a specific instruction of the ideal that from You're which to like criticize the, the it. The Platonic from. ideal? Yes. Yeah, and it's the, implicit. Which is the perfect, absolute, eternal form of whatever. Right. Like when you when you notice something, you always sort of criticize it from this place of some implicit, like there's some implicit perfect version of the thing that you have in your unconscious or your subconscious, that you're not quite aware of like what exactly the details of the perfect thing are, but you're aware enough to criticize something. Like a good example would be like your parents or whatever. Like you don't know any parents other than your own parents. Like you don't have experience of a parent and maybe you do, but like most people have their parents and that's really it. But you can criticize your parent and be like, this is the ideal version of this is what a father is and whatnot. And you can talk about how your father came short and whatnot. And, or maybe even your idea of your father is sort of is beyond what your father actually did. And so there's something implicit there. That's like, you actually have a concept of the ideal father and the ideal mother. And that 
can't be the result of just your mere parenting because your parents don't live up to the ideal and you have criticisms of them that can't originate from their own behavior. It, so it's there's something very interesting there, to me at least. Yeah, I have a couple of things. This conversation is making my head jump to like idea to idea to idea. Yeah. Those things where it's like making me kind of like, oh, I got to catch all these things. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're floating around <laughs> everywhere. Um, Say them all. I'm, I'm good now. So just keep so going. One thing, and we can come back to this. This is just a, a fleeting thought that's not exactly... I mean, here, I'll just say it. Um, that kind of thinking, like the maybe it's the older I get or the more I learn or the more just trying to figure stuff out that I do and maybe there's a level of success and failure. I don't know. But it, there's a there's a kind of a, for lack of a better term, vibe or like a... a, a th- like, I'm going to use catch vibe. catch a vibe. You know <laughs> what I mean. I don't mean vibe how people mean vibe these days. <laughs> I mean, like, it kind of make it's like, maybe the word is more simple. Maybe it's like, it's just, in a sense, it becomes overwhelming. Yeah. Even though, and I think I've always been personally someone who is less prone to being overwhelmed by thoughts. Like, I'll, I'll let them all in and I'll just deal with it, you know? And tell stories or whatever in my in, to myself to my own head, but there is a piece that I feel like is kind of bumps I bump against or it bumps against me sometimes, and it's like it's saying, "Just let go, let go of everything." Yeah, yeah. Nothing, none of this matters, and in fact, it's all like literally, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't even matter, and and that I'm of two minds of that because I don't. There's a part of me, the part of me that does not want to let go looks around and goes, but I see things. I know I see things. I know I see change and I know I see damage and I know, but it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a meta situation because the more attention you give to that stuff, that culminates on, on a scale so like right it's like atlas shrugged kind of like you're holding the world up on your shoulders yes i've literally said something recently i was like i feel like i'm sisyphus or i'm atlas you know i'm holding it all i'm trying to like push the boulder up the hill or i'm trying to hold the world on my back or something and just flow with the river flow with the current and i yeah i don't know if you're supposed to do that and i think some of these thoughts came from our mentioning of sorry i sound nasally of the didn't we talk about like kings and stuff like it, we kind of mm-hmm, did in mm-hmm. the last episode which isn't out yet but i guess it, it will be by the time this is out so yeah, I can yeah. <laughs> yeah so okay sorry so uh what was i saying i know that i was saying it makes me want to let go but i was going somewhere there with that yeah like um, overwhelmed and maybe I oh should yeah let go and th- so the thing one of the things that's so difficult to explain about it about what the sensation is maybe is that on and there's a huge caveat to why I could be wrong, but on a certain scale, me saying, see, it's, it's so, it's so circular. I can't even get it out of my mouth before the next thought comes, but it's like me saying that I should let go or people, we should all let go. I don't even know if that's true because of all the things like that we talk about in the podcast, for example, like we'll talk about, the deleterious effects of 
whatever the new movement is, you know, whether it's the some trans, ideology, neo sure, pronouns, yeah. all. I mean, it's just like. And so, from one, from my perspective, in a sense, in this con- in this context, is like I just 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 sh- sh- don't talk, don't think about that, don't give that your energy, don't give it your attention, because. There is a sense in like a philosophical way. Bingo. There's a philosophical kind of <laughs> ding, idea ding, ding. that that everything is happening only in your mind or in some mind or whatever. And Solicism, that's, yeah. It's true in some to some extent, the only thing that we really do have, it seems, is just our experience or our attention. Right. At least and that so, you access directly. But and it's like it's as if and we it's way more palpable now with social media that like attention is like a is like currency, it's like all you have. Mm, it's mm-hmm. it's like well, it's yours. valuable, yeah. And it's maybe it's the being, most valuable thing. It's the it's the only thing about you. It's the fundamental thing about you is that you're having an experience, and whatever the experience is like, has is intimately tied to your attention Hmm. consciously unconsciously whatever yeah and so in the social media world we can see how valuable it is and i think that social media the big lie about it is that it's all about marketing and that may be true on some level but it's way 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 more than that because it's because marketing isn't just i have a product you should buy it it's like it's how come Coca-Cola's advertisements don't talk about how tasty Coca-Cola is or how McDonald's doesn't tell you how good the food is. It tells you, it just shows you really happy things and whatever. It, just show, mm, it shows yes. you something okay. else. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's not even, so it's really, and then that, even if it is to sell more hamburgers or whatever you call those things, it's, it's Plastic actually, patties. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually tremendously more than that. Wait, can I talk about that for a second? Yeah. Um, so that is really interesting because it is like it's sort of selling you a lifestyle. Like it's it's like, oh, it's as if this is going to be true about you. Like you're going to be popular. Life is going to be amazing and it's going to be perfect. You know, like the perfect scene in the commercial where everybody's having fun and they're having a beer, you know, or whatever. And they're with friends and music is playing and it's like a movie. Um, but that's interesting kind of like the archetypes are, there's something similar about that because you could say, oh, well, it's as if the, the commercial is portraying as if something is true. It's kind of like simulating something. And then you are supposed to act as if that's true. Like you're supposed to go buy the Coca-Cola or whatever it is, like as if like when you buy the Coca-Cola, you're going to be, you know, whatever it was like in the commercial. And that's also how the archetypes work, which is really weird because you can just think about your behavior and it, like I was saying earlier, it's kind of like shaded and tinted by these archetypes, these implicit ideals and ideas that you have that you are, can be more or less conscious of. And you can describe that as you are behaving as if those things are true. It's sort of like a simulation. Like you're sort of like simulating what it would be like, like in your behavior, if those things were true, but it's like, they're, they're not, true in like a literal sense like because they are not around any you sense, being manifested personally it's, it's literally not real it's literally it's literally actors 
and production value. Well, the commercials, to be, yeah. To begin with. So it's like, to be like, well, it's not really true. It's like, literally, it's not even close to true. It's completely fabricated. Right, but I think it simulates what our relationship to the archetypes is like, where it's like, we are always engaged with our lives in that way, or it's like we're always acting as if some sort of ethic were true or right. some sort of idea were real. This is the exact reason that I was saying there's something else inside of me that's like you can't let go because mm. there's because everyone's telling stories and it's information is just everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. And even in an advertisement, even in, in everything. So it's almost like you want to, I totally understand the desire, like the desire, like I get the, the actual want, like you would not think it would, anyone really truly wants it, but I can understand a, a mindset that's like, I want to live the ascetic life, which mm. like the life of a monk, the you know, where you would no, I the want to be, life, maybe. I want to be celibate. I want to get away from everything. I want to go live in a cave on the hill with a bunch of like people that look exactly the same with no distraction some mamas yeah we're all bald we all wear a, a tunic or what do they call that a tukit a nukit a tunic whatever the orange a, jumpsuits a sash yeah <laughs> not the jail suits but <laughs> it could be that it's probably for the same re- they all wear that for the same reason it represents well you know nothing. i recently learned the orange is a symbol in yin yang so yin yang is like yin is the feminine and the yang is the masculine and mm-hmm. one of the Yin resembles or is supposed to symbolize passivity and uh, yang is activity and they have colors associated with them and the passivity, the feminine is associated with orange. So I was thinking maybe that's why they wear orange. I don't know if that's true, but it's very Probably something along those. I mean, it, they picked orange for a reason, that's for sure. And yeah. whether or not it came from there, it's probably ultimately the same conclusion derived through different means, the scientific one versus the spiritual one or something you know? <laughs> yeah the monks wear orange because they realize something about it without doing a bunch of scientific tests to discover the same exact thing about orange right right that's the other thing too i think that we could point out is like or at least that i thought is interesting is like you don't actually have to know that's the hard thing about these kinds of conversations or thinking is like a lot of stuff whatever knowledge is like you you don't need to go looking for it like you already have it like you know, like yeah. that, that Socrates that's, thing, yes. like, how do you, you know can, what you're yeah. looking for unless you already know what it is? That's why that's the comfort, the feeling when you actually recognize maybe that I could let go. And it's because it's it's all already there. You know, a lot of what most of what you need is kind of inside of you in a, in a weird way, because in. I mean, thinking along these lines and like how it could like how one can live in a society you know it this conversation kind of at the same time makes me think like it's what we're doing in a in a sense is like so broken like it's so dilapidated it's kind of like again this is on the bingo card everybody but the <laughs> matrix you know where it's like you don't recognize that what you're really living in is a post-apocalyptic hellscape with no sunshine and no nothing Mm. but but what you see is everything the whole world and it's 
operating normally Hmm. and there is sun and the buildings are still standing and everything is okay and the system is running you know basically uh because you like i'm thinking it, what's not inside me well what's not inside me is like how to install these cabinets but it is inside youtube which really yeah. just means it's inside somebody you know it's and i don't know yeah young i one thing i thought was really interesting about his writing so he traveled a lot in his life and he would go to view what he would call like primitive or tribal societies and really the difference between those people and the kind of people he was coming from were the amount of thinking they were doing like they didn't have complex you know systems of thought around everything that they did and their whole life wasn't tinted by you know these systems of thought and like literally like our systems of thought shape our lives in the sense that like We've designed roads through thinking and houses through thinking and computers through thinking. And now these yeah, are the so things that we I, uh, interface with and whatnot. And he I was like, make a point about agriculture and how it was like, oh, it's this huge adva- advancement. Fantastic. And it's like, have you ever uh, been a farmer? Really hard. Like, do you think the <laughs> farmer's working harder than the tribesmen? No. Right. And that's. Yeah. No, no, no. They are. They are. The tribesmen's life, actually, the tribal bushman's life has a a more leisurely aspect to it though from your perspective Mm. where the food ends up in the grocery store perhaps or whatever it looks way more difficult Mm. but that's part of the story i think that we've been told or like we've been told that this is a more leisurely life even though maybe the more better people whatever there's all sorts of stories it's better it's safer it's cleaner it's healthier it's uh, whatever you know, it leads to more prosperity. It, the, 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 you know, infinity stories. To right, be told. and I think it does lead to more material prosperity. But at what cost is always my question, and I don't think we understand the psychic cost of that. Yeah. Um, so here, I wanted to bring this up. I don't know. Oh if wait, it, hold on. Okay, can I? On, yeah. That was just yeah. the last thing I was gonna say. Young. Yeah. So he said the thing that was really interesting about the primitive people. So they didn't think as much, and. He was like, and they embody the archetypes more, like these religious archetypes that he would observe in different religious texts. He's like, if you just look at the themes throughout all these different religious texts, he's like, the people who are the least conscious of these things are the closest embodiments of them. And he was like, that is just a striking thing to observe. And there's something like rich with a meaning about their lives that he said. And he's like, you know, it's like, you meet an archetype, you know, whereas like today we can talk about them and think about them and study them. He's like, but the primitive people kind of were them. It's just very interesting. Yeah. I ha- So I have this thought about that, which is it came along with my other thinking on, on the same topic that were whatever this topic is. Where so between me and Kim, I will often say, for example, animals are stupid. Mm. I I love animals more than most people in the world. I would mention you have guess. a lot. Listen to our first episode. Yeah, I lo- <laughs> I'll, I'm very very progressive with animals. Um, but so I but I recognize the difference between them. So like I'll say something like animals are dumb or the chicken is the chickens are so dumb. Like you just watch them do stuff and you're like, oh my god, like these idiots. You know, like they'll just walk into the mouth of a wolf, you know, just like, you know, they hard sometimes to just do stupid stuff, you know? And I have this theory because of a course I took, uh, I think it was like animal psychology or something like that. It was something 
and we just so we just talked about all these like psychological and doing psychology with animals is interesting because it's like an automatic anthropomorphization uh, is that the word yeah of of animals because you have to assume they have a psychology and they do have some kind of psychology but you're going to describe it based on the only kind of psychology you've ever understood or ever could understand which is yours or humans right and there's just a i found through that exploration that despite how many interesting things and how amazing animals are in many, many ways, there's a vast chasm between them and us. And that chasm has something to do in my approximation with like theory of mind or just the type of thinking we do, whatever. Theory of mind being like other people can understand that I'm a thinking thing and I can understand that other people are thinking. Like I can know, yes, that I think... And that you can think like I there's like perspective taking. So it's like you give like animals mirrors. It's like doesn't really do anything for them. They're confused. They also don't operate with the same. So like if you show a dog themselves in the mirror, it sometimes does something. Sometimes it doesn't. But mm-hmm. it doesn't, I think, for many reasons. One of those being that their primary mode of understanding the world is olfactory, not visual. So it's through their sense of smell and sound. It You have to have all of that bring it all Mm. together you know for Mm -hmm. for a dog and then maybe you know so if you could what is a mirror that you can smell like i don't know it doesn't right we don't it's not a mirror anymore so we it's very difficult so there's a huge chasm but what i recognize at the same time is how fantastic animals are they do highly complex things very interesting we people study them like we can actually communicate with bees about bee stuff like you can put a, a fake bee in a little bee colony and do a little dance with that fake bee that tells them where there's some food and the bees will listen to that fake bee. (laughs) They use pheromones and all sorts of stuff. And then the bees will go to the place you told them to. It's very cool. You know, like that's true Mm. because we can do it. We can observe it. We can manipulate it. It's like a reliable thing essentially. So there's something going on. I don't know. And so where does that come from? Because for humans, it, what we do comes from, I think a multiplicity of places that are complicated and difficult to understand. Whereas the animal doesn't need, it's also complicated and from a multiplicity of of places, but they don't have to know anything about those things. You know, like you, they don't, the bee doesn't have information. I, that I am assuming there's, where is the brain anyways in the bee? Like it's gotta be so freaking tiny. You know, our brain is the size of like five, hundred bees so then our body you know on top of that with all the neural Mm -hmm. whatever so um where's all that coming from for the animal and it's coming from i i think some it's obviously coming from it's this is also greek kind of ancient philosophy in a sort of kind of way it's coming from nature Mm. Yeah, And like whatever nature is, because there's nature that we think of when I say nature, people go, oh, outside trees, birds, <laughs> squirrels. It is that. And it's also the trees, birds and squirrels individually have their own nature as they are part of nature. Mm-hmm. And then it made it so uh, this here's is a very roundabout way to get to the thought that in a sense, I want to be I don't want to be an animal and I don't necessarily think I am just an animal but i kind of want to be in the sense that i want to know what it is 
I, it's not even that I want to know what it is. I just want to be a human. What does that mean? I don't know because I'm manipulated by all this other mm. Bolshevik that's going on with McDonald's commercials, commercials or, or whatever it is. Whereas, that's watching machines taking down your <laughs> coming to you live from World War Three. Um, but anyways, there must be some. It, I I have the feeling that there must be some kind of thing about humans, some nature that we that have, we have yeah. because also because totally. because what we've we've made such artificial things as well. I mean, our whole society is artificial in a way. In a way, it is. It's yeah. so weird what we d- have done. I mean, so because of that. I don't even know if we can, I don't want to reduce human's nature to being, well, just look around you. This is human nature. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think it is though. No, you know, I, I have think some there's something wrong with that. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm so glad you brought up the animals thing because I watched this documentary and I can't remember the name right now, but it's uh, about this Indian couple that raises elephants or they raise two elephants. And I think at the end they said they were the only family to have successfully raised two baby elephants because the baby elephants mm. get lost sometimes by the tribe and you know they either die in the wild or these people can try to raise them and i think maybe it's difficult to raise them because it, it kind of insinuated that maybe it's most people are not successful in raising the baby elephants and the elephants are like like human like they i think they only have one yeah they don't you know they, it's like they don't have litters, period yeah which and, would insinuate that's difficult to, it's hard to raise a human baby because right, they're like yes. it's like just takes so because they're just a they're, they suck. Like, they're just not, they're so worthless. Right. You have a you long, know? extended childhood, a yes. developmental period outside of the womb. Yeah. Useless, not worthless. I did not mean to say worthless. That was weird. <laughs> they're worthless. They're worthless. <laughs> Get rid of them. Throw them in the trash. No. They're just useless. They can't do anything for themselves. Yeah. They have to be taken care of. And, well, it was very interesting. It's a very moving documentary uh, in a surprising way because I kind of watched it. I was like, this is going to be kind of cliche. Like, oh, I love animals, you know. and Save the planet, global yeah, warming. Yeah. It was not like that at all. It was very deep. Um, and it was this man and woman, you know, married. And she had lost a child. And she kind of talked about that. And she was like, this is like my child, you know, this elephant that they were raising. And they did everything for it. It was so crazy because they, they're just their whole life. It like is very. It was good. like raising a child. You had to spend yeah. all your time to raise an elephant. It was very it takes remote. All your time. Yeah, location too. It's like they didn't have a lot of modern things. You know, it was like out sort of in the mountains, and they just spent most of their day like taking care of the elephant. You know, washing him and you know, playing with him and feeding him. And it was very interesting. And she said this thing. I think that's thing, more natural than what we're doing. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there. Like, that's more along the nature of, or along the lines of human nature, what we right. would do. We'd spend a lot of time doing what we do. Right. And that made me, so there was something she said that made me think, oh, my God. Like, the people who talk about, like, animals not being conscious or not being intelligent, like, clearly are not having this experience that these people are having raising this elephant. Like, they were so convinced that the elephant was like a person. Like, they were like, oh, it's like a person. Like, they were like, they're very emotional and whatnot. And then she told this story. She was like, when her daughter died, I think, she talked about how the elephant literally wiped her tears with its trunk. It wiped her tears. What? Like, how does the elephant know what that, like, what? 
are you saying? Like, that is so crazy to me. Like, if you well, just take the standard assumptions that we have about, like, animal intelligence, and it's like, how would the elephant even know what that means or what to do? Like, it is so crazy. So anyways, but she said something right after that that made me think, like, she was like, oh, yeah, I mean, she's like, they understand everything that's going on. And, and then it was kind of just to imply, like, yes, they are having an experience of all the same fundamental, meaningful things that you are experiencing. They just experience it differently. And it was like, it could just be that simple. And it was just like so interesting and profound to me. And the other thing I'll say is that like, it may be difficult to raise these things. And something it's like, why is it difficult to raise the elephant? And it's like, well, why is it difficult to raise a child? And it's like, it takes a lot of love and care and sacrifice. And it's like, those things are not like, as simple as like, oh, you have to feed it the right food. And it's not like weirdly scientific like that. And some like, oh, it has to be in the right environment. It's like, it takes love and like actual concern for the thing and its well-being and like. Attention. Yeah, exactly. It, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just so interesting to me. And it yeah. made me think. So all of this culminates to me is like maybe when the lights turn on, when humans become conscious it's not that we become like everything has its own consciousness. We are becoming aware of the one consciousness. Like there is actually only one consciousness. And when the lights turn on, they turn on for the whole thing. And you start becoming aware of not like your unique consciousness that you own. Like you don't actually own that. Like you're actually becoming aware of the containing unit of all conscious experience or something. Yeah. I think that's probably there's something true about it because I think that I used to be like a little more politically concerned. Now I'm just concerned. Um, but I went through like the <laughs> I went through the phases of like uh, libertarianism and trying to understand like what's the best way to have society, yada yada, you know, all that kind of nerding out. And it was I always came to the conclusion that like the best you can do there is actually closer to like anarchy in a way that was always my conclusion because the alternative freaked me out which was collectivism what's best for the masses and that i can think of a lot of things that are best for the masses that or that appear to be best for the masses that sound like they'd be bad for me you know I mean, you, you might like it might literally be the case that what's best for humanity is to like eliminate certain classes of people, you know, like literally Some people thought that, that. Yeah, that could be like eugenics could be right. It probably is right on some level, like eliminate a lot of the at least through some way of thinking, like if you're like, this is best, this is how we got there. Yeah. And those have been dealt with those. Some of those things have been dealt with in pro- like problematic ways such as like like it's probably it's obviously true that like being heterosexual makes babies and babies are the next people when you die right and somehow that understanding politically got dealt with through like not not that it was like weird stuff you know like way more emotions uh, strange stories to be told about what that meant, you know, and what should be done about it. And like, there's places where they'll like, still to this day, throw you off of a building or bury you in sand and throw rocks at your head. You know, if you diverge from 
not just that, but like all sorts of like it's actually very specific what you have to do. And if you don't do that, we just have to kill you. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. That's best mm-hmm. for Saudi Arabia, you know, and Saudi Arabia still exists. But I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying that there's clearly a uh, there's clearly like multiple things going on. What was the point you had just made so that I can figure out? What well, my maybe point there's is? one consciousness. That oh, yeah. One, so there's thing to me. Yeah. So the collectivism versus the individualism thing for me is like so one of those. So in a sense, Saudi Arabia or whatever, whoever I'm describing, that's mm-hmm. dealing in a, in a sense coll- on a collectivist level. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's terrifying. Like, we've I'm all like, decided let's... what's best for us, like, right. even if it really hinders the individual and makes or them suffer. S- or some people have decided what's best for all of us or whatever, mm. and they mm-hmm. might be wrong and they might be right. But but the, I don't like that. Mm. But I think that it's because of the wrong way of understanding. It's because, well, that means there's something fundamentally evil about you or there's some reason you should die if you're divergent in some way mm. and uh which i feel like neglects the fact that everyone is going to be divergent in some ways from any ideal and that's i think the point jordan peterson has tried to make yeah and I, yeah and i think being an individual only is actually could be just as dangerous you know it could be just as risky even for you as the individual because you might end up with I was watching a video of these cops trying to stop this guy. The lady was in a car and she was just like losing it, you know, like just smashing into cars, smoke from the tires just everywhere. There's like 10 police cars. They just cannot get her to stop moving. You know, they'll try to block her and she just plows through the cars again. I'm like, and I'm like, what would, what if there's no police? You know, what, who would, what, what would this chick it would just be driving through buildings, you know? You want someone out there trying to stop that that's kind of behavior. And then the libertarian argument is, well, the private version of that. I'm like, and like we said last time, they were like I did. I don't care who stops it. I'll stop it. Some, But whatever. <laughs> it's, I'm saying don't drive the buildings because she's hurting people. That's dangerous. And if there's somebody there that we've decided, you guys make sure when this happens, that gets rem- remedied quickly. Please. Thank you that that's fine as long as and it doesn't matter who's doing it as long as it's all moral you know again like that's kind of my conclusion is like and that's not an individual that's it it falls outside the paradigm of well is that the right wing the hardcore right wing anarchist view or is that the collectivist view it's well like, it is kind of interesting it's, like, it's both yeah like well because people it's almost like you shirk your moral responsibility when you live in a society with like police or something where you're like oh it's the police's responsibility to intervene which like actually maybe produces the bystander effect it's like normally people would intervene but because they have this presupposition that like oh that's someone else's job to intervene like that's actually a great point it could have just been any the person that she plowed into the first time you know Right, could have like started yeah. to try to handle the situation. If you thought like no one else is going to stop this, like I better do something, you probably do it. Yeah, and that stuff gets difficult. And but so maybe there's something. Maybe it's wise to like establish like the country as we did. Like here's the documents. Here's and then now it's perverted and gotten humongous. There's too many documents to ever even. I mean, there's bills that they pass that are bigger than entire series of novels. You know, it's like <laughs> what are you doing? 
Like, what the fuck? Literally. (laughs) So that doesn't help. You know, we need like the fundamental framework and we just need to operate within it as best as we can and fuck all the rest because it's too much, you know, which is where, and I think it does become too much because you, you eventually you want to go, I just want to check out, like I'm done. I can't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like it's just all, I can't even think about it. I can't, I'll just turn off the phone. Don't even have a screen. Don't have any of the extra information. And because of the way the society is structured, I think that could leave you a little bit lonely or a little bit isolated because no one else is doing that. And that's the part of me that's like, well, you can't let go because there's nothing ever more than mm-hmm. one person needs to let go. You know, a lot of people yeah. need to have a kind of a change of idea. And so here's another, this is tangential, tangential, but it's related. I think it's something that's coming a little bit out of context. I was going to say this earlier on, but I've seen this, I don't know what to call things on the internet anymore because I'm too old. So like I know what a meme is, but I don't know what other things are called. So like if it's like a a oh short funny thing, like what is that? I don't know. But <laughs> it's a thing on the whatever you it get is. it. It's a thing on the <laughs> internet. So it's like this little montage of clips of like video mm-hmm. that I've seen. I've seen it twice now, and I watch it. But every time I see it, I I watch the whole thing, and. Usually, I think Kim is holding the phone, so I she'll I think she it's like sometimes she'll I don't have TikTok on my phone, but she'll like have it or some you know thing and swipe, and I just like see it. We'll like be sitting next to each other, and I'm like, oh, what's up? So I see this thing, and it's like these clips of like t- like five second clips back to back, and one is like some kids at school in a classroom being like. Yeah, you know, like there's someone's like doing a little home video thing. Like they got their little digital camera and they're like, you know, like you'd see at the end of school, at the end of the year, they might gather everyone in the cafeteria and watch the, you know, and then you see kids goofing around on the TV or making projects or just different activities or whatever, you know, just hanging out at the school. School stuff. And I'm looking at it and it says, it says something like 2007, whatever. So someone made this. It's supposed to do something to you when you watch it. I don't know, you know. And so both times I watch it, I I remember saying the exact same thing. I said, do we know those people? Like, what is this? Because I don't get it, you know. I'm like, I just don't know. Like, what am I seeing? What What's the point here? Like, what is the video mm-hmm. trying to make elicit from me? Is it actually from 2007 or is it just yeah, it's pretending just, to yeah, be it's just clip, No, it's like clips of kids in 2007 in school. Which oh, and okay. I which would have been I would have been about their age in school in two thousand seven. Uh, it's a montage. All of the clips are from two thousand seven. Yeah, just clips of it's like it's like someone had a camera because there were no good cell phones back then. So uh, someone okay. would have had like a digital camera and like had some just some clips. You okay. know, just okay. told nothing interesting happens at all. They're just like waving or they're just like gathered in the gym before school starts. You know, just hustling and bustling around. Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, what is this? What? And Kim, Kim told me yesterday. I said, what? what? I said, do we know? I said it again. I'm like, do we know these people? And she's like, no. It's just like 2007, like at school. And I'm like, well, what is it doing? Like, what am I supposed to think about that? And she was like, well, it looks normal to us. And I was like, yeah, it is normal. Like, it's just kids being normal. I don't know what the point is. And she's like, yeah, but this doesn't look normal to other people. 
And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, if you showed this to like one of my younger siblings, whatever, you know, they'd be like, oh my God, you guys are losers. And I'm like, wait, you're right. Like, because I know it doesn't look the same. And I was like, what would be different if it was like today's video? And people, I, I would have to just show it to you, but like it, it was a thing. The thing that was interesting is that I didn't notice it, you know? So it's imagine the difference would be like, if I saw the exact same clips, but from the 1950s, you'd be like, look at these jokes. Like, what are they doing? Like, what are they wearing? Why are their hair like that? What are they acting like? They look like dweebs and nerds. Like we always think that about the older generation, whatever, you Mm -hmm, know? Sure. So a current kid, on TikTok, who was probably intended for, would see that and be like, wow, look at these losers in 2007. And I have, I'm like, that's, it just looks totally normal to me. Like, it's so benign. I'm literally like, why did I just watch this? It's just, no one does anything. There's no funny part. There's no tripping and falling. There's no cats. There's nothing. It's just kids going, you know, doing a peace sign, doing a thumbs up, walking around with some books in the hallway. And it was just struck me how, it's that's always happening and the perspective of any generation is so incorrect you know because those kids so they were cool like they were normal they're just like you just like the people that look at it and go what the fuck is oh you going just on mean the like there's a lot of dramatic change and like what seems normal to one age group is like very different to another group of people so much so that you think there's something really different about those people in the 50s oh they must Mm, have been really mm. different you know they must have thought it must be different they thought short hair on women was good looking you know fools you know they don't what do they know you know yeah they they thought that like this a little bit differently recently where like i think a lot of young people like, I think when you're old, you've seen things go through, like, waves and cycles and whatnot. You've lived a long life. You're like, look, things happen like this, and this is the character of things. And then I think it's kind of weird and alarming to me that it seems like more and more young people are, like, stepping up and, like, talking about their experience as if it's, like, they're experiencing these things for the first time, and it's, like, the first time we've ever dealt with these problems or these are, like, the most big, huge problems in human history. And I'm like this is just what being a person is like in some ways. And it's like, we've always been dealing with this. Like, I understand that maybe not in this particular way, but like, we've always been confused about identity and like identity is something that has to be developed as you grow and mature. And adolescence is a time where you're developing that. And also like, we've always struggled to like make ends meet and provide for our communities. And there's always been, you know, economic and, uh, environmental hardships and things we can't, you know, plan for. You know, it's like, what are we talking? Like, these are not solved. Like, you can't eradicate them off the face of the planet. Like, they're just part of life. There is that. There was also this, I had this kind of other feeling alongside. It's different now because I'm older, so I felt like I was looking at, at kids, but then I mm. I recognized them in a way, you know. And I, when Kim said that, I kind of thought about it. I'm like, yeah, none of, the, what would they think? They would think none of these people are attractive. Because they all look, they're all dressed like they're wearing like t-shirt, just like a regular t-shirt, you know, sure. that looks. Their butt is not out or <laughs> or, or, or injected with anything. There's no, there's no one's wearing like 55 pounds of makeup. And, but it, if you were there, 
in that in you so they someone's attractive in those pictures you know what i mean like they are attractive people mm-hmm. you would mm-hmm. be like you would have like a crush on one of them so there's nothing really actually that different mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. but yet at the same time when you look at the two there it is very different because and i don't know this is kind of one of the things where i'm like okay time to let go because it's like i can't know because i how could you know you know you could just say you could say i could tell you like what i think i know about this whole situation but i'm how do i know i don't know because i want to make claims about the current generation and say that well they're doing they're trying so much harder they're trying to get fit the style so intensely they worried about this and worried about that but some of that existed when i was younger but maybe not to the same extent so part of me wants to say like stuff is kind of i don't know deteriorating but maybe the, the 90s and early 2000s were were actually as weird as people say they were you know like the era of yeah, I don't know. I guess I, don't know. I think people, yeah, tend to have this perspective that things are like deteriorate. Like we literally just read this long ass article last night about Austin, the city in Texas where we just moved. And uh, this person was like, Austin has changed for the worse and it's lost its culture as tech has moved in and it's grown and blah, blah, blah. It's deteriorating. And it's just like, it's just change. Like, things change. And in order for new things to emerge, certain things have to die. And I think you just have to trust that, like, everything has its time and season and place. And there's a reason for everything. And I think when you get too attached to something, it's very emotional and visceral. And you're, like, when you're attached to, like, the way people used to dress and, like, the activities they used to do in school. And then you're, like, those things aren't around anymore. Like... This, this school's shit, you know, education sucks. And it's like, no, yeah. it's just different, okay? And and maybe there are some things that are worse, but there's also things that are better about it. And, like, I don't know. I don't know, you know? Like, it's just change, yeah. you know? And you have to realize that there's a time and place for everything. And I think the things that are important, the deep things, those are still true. And it's like we still do want to preserve things like inculcating people with good moral values and developing their character and providing them uh, a practical education in the world and and how to become adults that are capable of taking care of themselves and whatnot and so i think yeah i think we can see like at least maybe one thing would be like a pro we have like a now we have like a protracted adolescence oh yeah seems to like it's like does the when does it end it's like when you're 35 like what people don't grow up you know they and they i think that kind of creates like a a sort of a kind of mental illness in a way yes yeah okay so i do think that is an issue i think it's a little tangential to the education thing because it's like once people leave education they're still in that protract like they don't develop further so i guess i don't see it as like educational problem but i do see that and the way i think about that is like when you're young you can take any, you can become anything. There's unlimited paths open to you. And there's like unlimited future selves. But as you grow and develop, all of your future selves, except for the one that you're going to become, must die off. And only one of them can live. And I think people face great anxiety and don't want 
to make that sacrifice of their future selves. And so they try to sustain themselves in some permanent state where all of their future selves, the potentialities of their life kind of can coexist, like sort of a state of childhood. But the problem is that it's improper as you move forward. And I think that it's a burden too. It becomes a burden of like responsibility to like make choices and to to be the person that you're going to be and to become a particular type of person and not any other type of person and to make progress down a path and to not turn back. Um, and yeah, I think uh, I definitely see like people. I think that's absent there. from our, our upbringing though and our education more and more. Like that's what I think one thing mm, is mm. like, because you know, if it were there, there's so many things that I hear about and like the th- all I think is like, where were their parents? You know, like, where are your parents? Like, what the fuck is happening? Why are you? Like, yeah. I get that you might try to do this, but like, you it should have been stopped a long time ago. Like, there's that thing going around the internet right now. Have you seen the Hawk Girl? Mm-mm. I think Tim Dillon had it. Maybe I can't remember, but she's like talking about how she's a hawk, but she and she has a hawk body, but she's like in a hawk body, and you're like, I I just go. Where are your parents? Like, did they know you're a hawk? Like, what? Well, to the Atlas Shrugged thing, I think this is like the Atlas Shrugged, like the conscious way of all of the thinking and thinking things that we, the systems and whatnot we've created that we live in. I think the psychic weight of them is heavy. And as we build more of them, the psychic weight of them gets heavier and heavier. And to me, that's like, We've gotten to the point now where some people don't even want to identify as a human because the psychic weight of identifying as a human is so heavy that they would rather Mm. identify as an animal. And Mm. to me, it's like, well, I mean, why might that be? And it's like, because like you have to think about everything. You know, everything requires so much thought in our society. And then, like I said before, you know, you're like telling people, like young people, especially like the planet is screwed and everything's messed up and everything needs to be reshaped and redone. And it's all our fault and we're not doing anything to help you. And it's all young people. It's all in your hands now. And it's like, well, of course, you know. And so I think almost like to me, it's like, but maybe it's a natural progression, like the psychic weight of things gets too heavy. And it's like we all drop it. You know, it's like it crumbles or something and then we make something new. And maybe that's just how it goes. I don't know that it's like. Yeah, I hope. I mean, I was raised with like the biblical perspective on a lot of things. (laughs) So there's always that thing where it's where it's all everything is actually culminating towards something. You know, it's all going in some direction Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where and it's all in the name of something. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I know that in my brain it wants to think that's true and it sees that when i look around i'm like ah yes things are going somewhere like this is it's not fully unguided you know even if it's even if it's oblivion you know where it seems like oh we're going advancing and this and that that, but maybe maybe but maybe it's also just that we're that ultimately it's actually oblivion it's actually the apocalypse. It's actually the end of all of time, you know, or something. And that's that theory is not even just simply religious because they also yeah. say that about like, oh, the sun is expanding. The universe is going to snap back at some point, which also may be total bullshit. They obviously don't know anything. Yeah. And I guess I think, and, though, my thought on that is like it's always the apocalypse, you know, like 
people and that's a common like bias people i mean there's that's been studied like sociologists have pointed that out like people always think it's the end times like even historically people thought it was the end times um which and i think that's just to say like it's always the apocalypse like things are always ending and they're always just beginning you know it's like everything's going on all the once all the time yeah but as i've said before in an episode that we never released <laughs> in the archives do you really want, or does it even matter, you know, because it's like the fact that I'm about to say this means that most people will interpret this as exactly, and you're the problem, but I want to say it anyways. Like, mm, do you really want to walk into the, your normal everyday life, whether it's a coffee shop or a grocery store or whatever, and come across men dressed as, as the great sam tripoli puts it street hookers telling you that they're women and just like being out in public all over the place like do you want that to increase more and more and more because that's what's happening and i want to say so it sounds like your take on it would be it's just the next thing you know it's coming and one day that just will be how it is and we have to accept it and i'm like I don't like that. No, I, like I okay. That at all. You know, no, like that's I, a Something's good... wrong. I don't know what's happening. I don't want this shit everywhere. And I want to tune out, but I tune out and then I go out of my house every so often. And I'm like, what the, f- what? No, that's a what mischaracterization. I... I think, uh, okay, no, I'm glad you said that because I do still wonder. I'm like, what, what ought we do? What's proper? And I don't think total passivity is proper. I guess my thinking on it is just like, if that's not, a way forward, it won't exist. Like, it won't continue. Like, if that is not a proper way for society to move forward, then it will die out. Like, like just, I mean, it's as simple as that to me. And so I think you can try to excavate the truth and be honest, and maybe you know that it's not a proper way forward, and you can articulate that and share that with people and be honest and be truthful with people. But I don't think you need to, like, I think you run the risk of becoming a tyrant when you're like, that needs to be stamped out. Like, those people need to be destroyed. Like, and it's like, no, like, if it's not, you know, like, I don't know what's right or good. I am not God. Like, I don't know what the proper way forward is. I have a hint of what it might be. I'm trying to do my best to move forward in the right way. But I recognize that it's also personal, like other people are not having the exact same experience that I am. And so what's proper and right for me may look a little different for other people. And whatever is best and what should thrive is like, that's what will prosper. And so I think you don't have to like worry about, you know, like, oh, my God, all these crazy gay people, like eventually everyone's going to be gay and it's going to be terrible. And it's like, well, if everyone ends up being gay, you know, and there are no child children made anymore. The society's just going to crumble. Okay, there's going to be no more society, and it's like I just don't think that that's going to happen. It's like unreasonable to me to assume. And so it's like I don't, I don't know. You know, like yeah, let it's just worrisome live. that people <laughs> that, that the it's just worrisome that like the moderate stance on things is becoming like it's being pigeonholed. Is that the right turn of phrase? It's being pigeonholed as like uh an extreme view, you know? And I realized that there's another mm. thing I it, like that came to me recently. And I was like, I realized, I think it was when I was thinking about the cop thing and I'm like, okay, like I have my own philosophy on how shit should be taken care of. And it may be more along your line, just 
And you should live it out. Yeah. Yeah. And you, like you were saying, like, which used to be my take and maybe it still is. I, I don't know, but it was like, people will, people will handle shit, you know? And in a sense, maybe that's where the public police force came from. It's not, there's a conspiracy there. It's actually started with like slavery and like catching slaves and all this, you know what I mean? It doesn't have a good origin necessarily. And it's not in the name of anything great, despite what people try to say. And I don't even know if I would consider it to be oh so honorable, but maybe on some level, they don't, it's not like they never do, like they stopped lately. Like, thank you for stopping that. Like, thanks. We can appreciate that. And so I can, I can accept a person who believes, I can accept a person who believes, sees that kind of thing go down and go, isn't that, didn't that go okay though? And I'll go, yeah, you know what? It did. I'm glad they did that, you know? I'm not saying they'll never, because it's a problematic situation that nothing ever good will ever come from it. Because that's like an extreme view. But the fact that I have, the fact that I can accept that, and in my kind of heart, I'm like, you know, I wish, I wish things were a little different because this is all very risky, you know? Like the fact that the police are what they are is like, it, to me, I'm already like, that's a little totalitarian. Like that's a, it's a little, it's a, we go around going freedom, we're American. And I'm like, you're not, you know, like you're, cuckolded you it's not you know there's it could be better let's just put it that way and then i realized as i was thinking that i'm like and it, the realization came from going you know i get it it's fine if you think that and and if it worked that way yes and then i then i became i had the realization and became oh you know fine with the realization both at the same time that like in a calmer world where we can sit down and think about this i'm thinking of like the founding of the country days, you know, a little less going on. It does. So I don't have this phone in my pocket, which is like a nuclear weapon, basically. You know, I don't have a printing press for every whim and thought that crosses my mind that I'm probably just kind of a little bit, a little bit, they might call me an extremist, you know, like he are a radical, like I'm kind of a radical, like that's radical. That's a radical way of thinking to, to think those things at this point in time at least in the way things are. And I'm like, and I became okay with that at the same time as I realized. And I'm like, yeah, ultimately I'm a little bit, I'm a little radical. Yeah. I never paint myself as that way because I look at the opposite end of the spectrum from me and I go, those are the radicals. They're crazy people. They're losing their shit. And they're act, they are acting more radical than Mm -hmm. I, they're behaving more radically. But like my philosophy just doesn't call for so much action. Whereas their world philosophy actually demands that of them whereas so we're but i'm i'm radical like these are and i and be and i when you know you're kind of radical you know that your ideal is beyond what will ever come because it's a radical position Mm -hmm. and a less radical position is can't we just make things a little easier though can't we just have the police so we don't have to like reformulate everything and figure out how to actually get people to be responsive and not just film people getting murdered in the street but actually help people like that's all gonna and yes, that's that's moderate. And I get that. And I don't know, there was like a sense of peace that came from just accepting that fact in a way. Um, anyway, I think that's my point. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, yeah, to me, it's like radical individualism. Like it's up to every person to live out what they think is best and try, you know, I think... If you can convince like Jesus other people, was radical, yeah, know, and he can, was like super peaceful. <laughs> yeah, if you can convince other people, bring other people along. If it's inspiring, great. Don't be a tyrant. But I think radical individualism is also the solution to tyranny because it's like 
people won't follow a tyrant if they're empowered to think for themselves and say, no, that's not good for me. That's not what I believe or not what I want. And it's a pipe dream a little bit. So like, in a sense, you maybe you need some because there's other kinds of radicals that seem like they're closer to where I am, but they're really not like there's other people that people will go, that's a right wing extremist. And I'm like, well, you would also call me a right wing, right wing extremist, but I'm not even similar to those people at all in any way, really, because their fervor is from somewhere else. So it's like the radical notion that I think I have comes from like, it's kind of like reading philosophy. You're like, this is like the platonic ideal. <laughs> this is the ideal. And it's kind of impossible in a way because we're not perfect. You know, people, mm -hmm. humanities, even if it were operating under the ideal, there's other stuff going on within the human being. Well, yeah, that, I just think, yeah, there's a diversity of approaches to living and whatnot. And it's almost like, it's kind of like evolution, like whatever one is a true proper way forward will be the one that prospers, you know, and it's like, and you observe that, like, why do the Amish people live completely different without technology? And it's like, because they think that is the proper way forward. And that this technology thing is going to die out. It's not a proper way to continue into the future. And it's like, and that's fine. Like they can do that. And I think that it's like, we shouldn't try to stomp that out. We should like, if we're truly, you know, thinking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, it's like, we should try to be like, okay, that's fine. We actually appreciate a diversity of approaches to living and whatnot. And that's going to make the human race and species more resilient and our societies more resilient um, as we face new challenges uh, going into the future. And I think, yeah, the things that, uh, you know, need to be, you know, need to die off or that are going to die off. You don't, I think, need to force, like, you don't need to be God. Like, you don't need to play God and strike those people down. I think you can rest It's like in that truth. guy was saying yeah. that and, what we talked about last time, like, maybe there's a tether on reality. And we, exactly. can't, we actually can't, as a whole, we actually can't get that far away from reality. Exactly. Even if yeah. people try. That they're actually, I was thinking another metaphor was like tug of war on an island. Like if you want to pull the rope as far as human, like you'll just fall off the island. So exactly, that's fine. yeah. Like if you want to, you can, <laughs> but like you're gonna end up in the ocean, and everyone in the middle is the safest. Right, and I think that that's the way to approach it. Is like just be honest, and if you like do have a problem with something, I think you should really try to be honest and articulate why that's not a proper way forward, and why that might not be good for the person and for the human being and for our species. It and that's all you can do. And I if think. you disagree, go away. Like, you know, just don't. Yeah. Just don't. Yeah. Like, let the. Yeah. Because I think fine. that's true. Like, there there will be a. It's like people who decide to keep going to the coffee shop that stayed open during the pandemic because they were like, fuck that. It's like there will be those options will probably emerge, you know, like there's probably still a baker in wherever that won't bake a bake a make a gay cake or whatever <laughs> right, from a million sure, years ago. Yeah. And it's like, if you're really into that, maybe you patron them. I can even imagine patroning someone like that, even though you disagree with them, because at least I can, I understand, I agree with having a set of values and sticking to them, even through persecution. You know what I mean? It's like, congratulations. Right. That's great. I'm not sure if that's it would be worth it to me 
But if it's worth it to you, you should be able to do that. Well, I think that's, yeah, like a radical embrace of diversity that I almost never hear the people who talk about diversity a lot doing. And it's like, no, that would be a a radical embrace of diversity is like patroning people you disagree with and patroning and allowing things that you don't think are right to prosper because you recognize that you are not the sole arbiter of what is correct and good for people. Yeah, and weren't there like there are remedies maybe that actually will emerge. Like if you had like the black kid club at school, which is probably a thing in many places or whatever. It's at least a thing in employment. And companies right. and whatnot. Right, exactly. So the fa- and then you, oh no, but we couldn't have a white one. And it's like I think actually you could. And it's like why the, all the arguments for why you well that might end up just growing and fomenting something horrible. Da, 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 da. It's like maybe, but maybe not. Like wasn't there one of the you know gods of rap or whatever ended up possibly being killed for, and then simultaneously appreciated by some for trying to like end the violence between crips and bloods and that kind of thing i mean i think that 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 you that that's you you don't want that or the power structure doesn't want that or certain people don't want that but certain people do and that actually might win ultimately so you may have the black club and the white club but probably at some point in the near future once a month they get together and have the black club white club meeting and there doesn't have to be hatred or animosity because that's just that's just an idea. Or maybe like it's there's the, lots of things. Maybe it's a pathway to a resolution. Maybe there's a white club that gets formed and then, you know, the people in the white club and the people in the black club are like, you know, this is this is a little silly. We should really just have one club. We don't need we'll these just clubs. Have the club club. Yeah. yeah, you don't yeah, who knows what could happen. Or it may yeah, because it's it's kinda like um what do they call those? Like a the word fair is coming up, but not like a fair, like a cultural fair kind of thing. Like you might have that at school, you know, like bring in food from wherever you're from or whatever. Sure, you know what I mean? Yeah, like like there, there's no reason that, or whatever, which is like completely and utterly benign and cool and interesting and fun. All of that is, and there's absolutely no reason why, the British guy can't bring bangers and mash just because of some whack ass theory on power or, or, or right, right. Or, or it's not well. Really, bangers and mash came from this underrepresented. You know, it's like all that just doesn't. It can be incorporated, and sometimes it, it is, and it's stupid and problematic and does nothing but harm. And the alternative is more likely because who wants all that conflict, really? You yeah. Know? I think people don't want conflict. I think they really don't. And I think the more people want conflict, I mean, you just have to be honest. Like, if you look at the people who are, like, desperate for the conflict, like <laughs> transracial aliens or whatever they identify as, it's like there's way more going on for that person. There's something wrong. Really, ultimately, really, there's something wrong if you think you're a hawk. And it... It's not that it can't be explained and that you're 100% responsible for how that happened to you, but it's a symptom of something. Well, that's the slippery slope, I think, is like when when you adopt a, a position or an ideology that you have doubts about or are unsure, which is actually, I think, 
partly what faith is about is like, do you know that God is like your your savior or whatever? It's like that's not a question about like, do you believe that there's a man in the sky? It's like, do you really truly believe whatever the way you're acting out your life? Do you believe it's good? Like, do you know that it's good? And if you have doubts about it, that's a time for self-reflection, you know? And I think that one way people compensate for that doubt is, like, to go full hog in the other direction. It's like, in order for me to keep believing this, I need to get other people to believe it, to validate it for myself. And so that's what I think you see when you see these, like, really, like, meme, like, the virus of the mind sort of things. It's like, those are like there are people who are like very doubtful about what they believe and they need other people to believe it in order for it to be real and true and good for them. And so there is that. But I think, again, to our point, it's like you should be wary of that. Radical individualism is a solution. People think it for themselves. And also, if it's not good or true, it just it won't prosper. You know, it's not tenable over the long term. And so, yeah, I think you just have to think for yourselves and be wary that that can happen. And I do see that happening with some people. Like I, I mean, I was listening to a transgender thing and it's like, I understand that there's a variety of people's temperament, like masculine and feminine and whatever, depending on your sex and is not totally correlated with it. But then it's like, I don't know what this ideology about like men can become women and women can become men like biologically like i don't even Somebody, know uh, someone said the other day men some she said she was saying things like that she was like some women can be like this some men can be like this and then she just kept saying things and then eventually she got to some women have penises some men have vaginas and i was like was is there a line anywhere just keep, like, <laughs> where does that end exactly some some people are planets. Like, I don't know. <laughs> some people are hawks. You, yeah, you literally departed reality at some point. I'm not sure where it happened, but it snuck right up on me. <laughs> like, because yeah. it's like, 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 yeah, it's just, that's a hard one. Because it's like, at some point you just start saying things that aren't true. Yeah, it's just his untenable position. It's like, men are not women. Women are not men. It's I can get all the way to, to I can get up. I feel like I I can actually go all the way with those people, but I would just start using different words. Like some men with penises can claim to be women. Sure, yeah. They maybe they it. identify as very feminine. Maybe they feel very feminine. Maybe they are very feminine. Right. <laughs> but it does. But it, there's again the tether on reality only lets you go so far unless you were going outside of reality, and then things get a little confusing. And I think you could trick a lot of young people by telling them that it is reality in some way. And then Oh yeah, they, I think you they do find a way to stretch them, that yeah. tether a little bit. Yeah. And well, when you do children, stretch it, there's a lot of tension on that, you know, and then Yeah. That's the dark thing about it is that children are the most likely target because they're the most gullible population, which is And everything really is geared towards them dark. too. Yeah. Like you realize the older you get that like every show that you watch, all entertainment, like it's, it's like features children like children are doing all these things a lot of times and you're just like the older i get i'm like i can't relate like i don't think so i don't think that 10 year old just beat up a grown man you know but okay and it's like it's weird because it's like well it's not for you and that's actually 
imparts some level of intention. So it's like, well, it's like not for you. Like we're not trying to change your mind anymore. You're actually outside the mind changing spectrum. We're just focusing on the children. We need the children to relate. So they should think of themselves in this position and then we'll have this person do all of these whatever woke things and then you can adopt it if you're young. If you're not, you're just going to look at it and go, boy, am I so tired of watching 10-year-olds be trans and fight crime. Like it is so stupid. Well, but again, that's not for yeah. me, you know? Radical individualism and responsibility. It's like you got to people can raise their own children like the parents raise the children and it's great to have a diversity of parenting approaches and we should allow for that. We don't need one singular approach to raising children. There is no one singular best approach to anything. Um yeah. Yeah, anyway. and one of the big things that's erased by all this kind of stuff, like the modern stuff, I will say, I think a big component of it, this is just like a, maybe not a hot take, but it feels like one. It's like we're trying to eliminate shame, guilt, mm, which is mm-hmm. very, very, very closely tied to responsibility. And because people, like, I want to say I'm a hawk and I want, and you need to say so too, you know, because I feel like an idiot. <laughs> If you don't say I'm a hawk, you know, it's like, yeah, but I just think you're an idiot. And that's just, that's the end. Right. And And there's this concept that shame and guilt are maladaptive, but they're actually signals about something. You know, it's like pain is not maladaptive. It's a signal like you're doing something that's harming you. You like need to stop doing that thing. And yeah, so even though it may be unpleasant, it's still helpful. And people will say things like, well, if you don't have whatever people say, if you don't have God, what, what's to stop you from like, that's like weird old thing. Like what, what's going to stop you from like raping and murdering? And then the atheist goes, you need God to not rape and murder. I think you have a personal problem. And it's like, both of those people are talking right past each other because I think that the atheist is is being naive and realizing that not realizing that there are people that will do that. Like there are people that will go and keep going and keep going for whatever reason especially if they can figure out a way to like they do at Bohemian Grove, the great ritual, the cremate where they burn the effigy of the child. And they call that the, the cremation of care. So I don't have to worry anymore. I let, I let go of all of the responsibility and all the caring about it all and just not care. And if that's, if you do that and you are someone with the propensity for, darkness or evil or whatever which i think is inside of all of us to certain degrees different degrees i personally think that if i had no tether of like along those lines i could be one of those people you know like not fully like i still have like tenderness i feel like within me but i don't there's plenty of things that i don't understand that are more difficult for me to like rationalize like i get not hurting other people but i don't sometimes it's difficult for me not to 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 understand it's difficult for me to understand how to treat myself properly, you know, how to not like sin against, I know how to not sin against my brother, but not against myself, you know? So like Hmm. cigarette smoking is like a good example of like a bad habit that like really doesn't affect anybody, but it affects you. And you might feel ways about it. I used to like feel ways about it. Like I feel like I'm bad for me or something. You know what I mean? Like it was like, stop. It's like, it's so hard to, but it'd be easy It'd be a lot easier to stop if, like, every time I smoked a cigarette, like, I burned somebody, you know? Like, don't burn people with your cigarettes. Like, oh, okay. Like, I I get it. Like, I will I won't do that anymore. There's more of a tangible understanding of consequence or whatever. Um, yeah, and you can, if you just start not caring, that's, that's a darkness. Because what do you have to tell you? What's the story become? Well, who cares? 
about harming myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who cares about harming other people? Who really cares? Ultimately, really, it doesn't. Whatever you know. Just, if I don't have that feeling, then I don't. Then the, then it doesn't really exist for yeah. me. Yeah. Well, I think that's the way out. It's like kind of to your questioner. It's like, oh, should we do something? Should we not do something? What's the right way for? And I think it's like you do have to care. Like, but you have to care in your personal life. Like, and you can only really live your what you think is right in your own life. And you know, and pay attention to those feelings. Be that, an example. Yeah. That feel shameful and guilt. Like, don't think that that just means you have depression and need therapy and pills. It like it's a could be telling you something. Right. Important. And maybe you do need therapy. Maybe it is good to talk. You do need to talk through it with someone. You probably to really do need to, to talk, talk like it through. What's going yeah. On. yeah. And hopefully the person you're talking to doesn't go, well, it sounds like you have a, a your system is lacking Lexapro. And if it's a Lexapro shortage in your brain, if you just take this Lexapro, you'll be better. You know, that's not oh the right approach. God. Yeah. Dear God. Also, I have this. Have you seen these? Oh, no. But I got to go. I'm literally getting a call right now. Well, with that, we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye.